Welcome, everyone. I'm Sandra Bargeman. A few years ago, I wrote and performed a solo show called The Edge of Every Day, which was an exploration of the rough edges and contradictions we all face and grapple with. The show hit a nerve, and the relevance of the topic would only grow over time more than I could have foreseen. So, here we are. Real talk with real people, sharing stories and perspectives that spark provocative invitations to leap out of what's safe, on the edge of every day. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. We are live in the hive, and I'm so excited to have you join me for the debut of my podcast, The Edge of Every Day. Some of you watching or listening in know me, but some of you may not. You may be tuning in because you're a fan of Talk Radio NYC, or you may be intrigued by the title of this podcast, or you may be a fan of our guest. In any case, I just wanted to take a moment during this first episode to introduce and share a little bit about myself, since it's the first podcast, set the tone for what you can expect each week. So I'm originally from Pittsburgh, and I now live in both NYC and the Catskill Mountains, and that's where I'm tuning in from now. I have two great love relationships, my husband and my kitty. (laughs) And I love to do two things. Well, I love to do more than two things, but for the sake of this podcast, I love to do two things. And these two things that I love to do are to tell stories and to listen deeply. Literally, those two things are my job. Those two things that I love show up in all of my career choices. I'm what they now call a multi-hyphenate. Yeah, I know that was a new word for me too. Trust me, now that you've heard it, you're going to see it everywhere. Multi-hyphenate. It's just a fancy word that means I have more than one career happening at the same time. But truthfully, many of us do. So the first one is I'm a lifelong professional actor, singer, songwriter, voiceover artist. The second one, I am a seminary trained, ordained interfaith, interspiritual minister, a counselor and wedding ceremonialist. And third, I'm a presentation leadership coach. So recently I was having a wonderful conversation with a girlfriend of mine, talented Broadway actress, and she's also a presentation coach. And we were talking and she, out of the blue, calls me a walking Venn diagram. I I love that. It's perfect. It's a perfect metaphor because indeed I do walk the edges of these three communities and it's where they connect, where they overlap in the center of these three. You will find storytelling, deep listening, And my number one, my passion, my mission, know thyself. Yes, the ancient Greek Delphic maxim, know thyself, is at the heart of every artistic and creative journey. It's at the heart of every spiritual journey, and it is at the heart of every leadership journey. Know thyself is at the core. It's the core theme of my solo show, The Edge of Every Day. And it's the core theme of this podcast. And it's because it's not always easy to know thyself. It takes courage to get real about who we are, both individually and collectively, to get real about, to even notice that, even recognize that we have edges, that we balance them, that we transform them, that we learn from them. Exploring our edges is about as real as it gets. So it's through these weekly conversations with friends and colleagues from all three of my communities that we'll lean in and we'll explore our rough edges and we'll explore what that even means. So thanks for listening in. And without further ado, it's time for me to introduce my glorious guest. So excited. Heather Roan Robbins is a ceremonialist, a counselor, and a world-renowned astrologer for over 40 years. She is the author of Moon Wisdom, Everyday Palmistry, and several children's books. 
She writes the weekly column Star Codes for We Moon Calendar, and she is the creator of the hot off the presses Star Codes Astro Oracle Deck. We'll hear all about that and more. Welcome, Heather. Hello, Sandra. Thank uh, you for bringing me along on your first show. Oh, it's so great. So great. So great to have you. Thank you so much for supporting me being my guinea pig on my first one. <laughs> Before we get started, I want to share with our listeners um, how you and I met, because I think, again, for my first podcast, it's really relevant. Um, and it's a heartwarming story. And everyone will understand why I share it at the end. So back in 2005, after uh, grappling with a lot of rough edges that I won't get into at the time, I decided I wanted to step out of the proverbial spiritual closet and enroll in an interfaith seminary program, which there were two of them at that time in New York City. And I made an appointment to attend an open house at the first one, the new seminary for interfaith studies. I attended, and there were about 10 of us, 10 other people who were looking to find out more information and to see if they wanted to enroll. And Heather was also in attendance as a new graduate of the program, and she also spoke about her experience. And it was her soul-stirring story, her practical wisdom and insight, and her understanding of how interfaith ministry fit into her personal journey that hooked me and resonated so deeply. Oh, Heather. That was um, uh, and then so we true. met for tea and talked for about three hours about just that subject, you know, how, how to take your spiritual search and be of service with it and deepen it and encourage mm -hmm. other people in their questions. And totally. what we loved about this path is it doesn't, it's non-directive. It's not about telling people what to think or feel, but no. helping them explore how spirit speaks to them. Absolutely. And literally, Heather, it was on that that moment. It was after listening to you that, you know, when we had that talk, I, well, I was already in, but it was on that moment that I decided I would look no further, that I was going to enroll in the new seminary as soon as possible. And in fact, I think it was you that did that interview as well. Mm -hmm. And that I asked you to be my mentor and champion through my seminary journey, which of course you did. Mm -hmm. And that seminary journey changed my life. And it was in seminary where the idea for my company was born. You know, if I'm not a part of any organized religion, I may love this journey and I may love studying them. But where am I going to go for an expansive experience? And the clearly was the theater and Sacred Stages was created. And it was under the umbrella that Sacred Stages of Sacred Stages that I produced my solo show, Edge of Every Day. And the concepts that were put forth in that show propelled the desire to have this podcast and share these conversations. And so, Heather... Here we are. Mm, you hold a very dear space in my journey. Mm. Thank you again for being here. Thank you. It's always such an honor to walk with people in their journeys. Amen, amen. It is indeed. So let's dive in. I've heard you say that astrology was a childhood passion. Which well, is mind blowing. That's mind blowing. You know, the other kids are out, you know, playing <laughs> kickball and your your passion is astrology. So tell us, what was your family it life was like? So bizarre. And how um, did you discover this? Well, before I discovered astrology, I was fascinated by mythology. And of I course. studied I collected fairy tales and myth and mythos from all around the world. Yeah. And around 11, I began to put t these pieces together. And I did my first astrological calendar, breaking up the months into astrological sun signs, uh, and then started noticing where everybody came from. Now, the family joke, as I've mentioned, is <laughs> that my father was an abstract mathematician. My mother was a psychiatric nurse. You put them in a blender, you get an astrologer. <laughs> they didn't me on that. 
But it was, you know, they both use intuition in their own way. My father was so intuitive and that he would sort of put his mind out into, you know, he said the only practical form for his mathematics was in um, black holes where time runs on skew lines. He was a topological dynamics. And, and you know, he really couldn't put a light bulb in. He really never learned how to drive. <laughs> you know, very good at what he did. And my mother, who was extremely eclectic, was a psychiatric nurse and an occupational mm. therapist and really an artist and was wildly intuitive and wouldn't admit it. But we oh, had interesting. frustrating moments all the time. So we're like, let's go down this way. I go, anyway, long stories about how she wouldn't admit why she was overloading sometimes and what was going on and, she, and how her intuition worked. She didn't have much control over it because she didn't admit it was there. Right. Most people, when they're starting to study how to use their intuition, learning how to close it down and open it up to notice what is theirs, what is their story about their intuition, mm-hmm. was my mother would get a hit and then she would develop this fear-based story around right. that hit rather than stick to what was real and true and didn't know how to parse that apart. And that's you know one of the trickier parts of developing your intuition, but it's an essential part. So uh, I had that on one side, my father's mathematics on the other side, my study of mythology. And I went to a, uh, my first year in high school, I was working, uh, volunteering with the telephone operator back in the day when they had a switchboard at the school. Oh my goodness, I love it. And the woman who ran the tele, she was not only the switchboard operator, but basically the receptionist for the school, uh, was the niece of a famous astrologer. Her father, her uncle, was the astrologer for the, you know, early stages for the Reagans and for other Hollywood types. Uh, So she was a better counselor. Uh, much as she didn't agree with her father, her uncle's politics, she was a better counselor with her charts in front of her mm. than the school psychologist was. Without the chart, she was a nice person. With the chart, she had she was really helpful to people, all these young kids. And I was with her one day when she was said, oh, I'm a little worried about about the transits at the moment. I go, oh, she said, yeah, they're they're a little dangerous. And I saw her stop two teachers in the hallway go like, hi, could you be a little careful this weekend? I said, sure. One was an elderly man, the drama teacher, who died of a heart attack on stage that weekend. And the other one was a younger man who fell down and broke an arm. And I said, tell me all you know, come on. And so I pumped her for information for the rest of the year. That was 14. I went home with several major astrological books, including an ephemeris, which is where you look up all the planets and started watching everybody I met and going, oh, when was your birthday? And then looking at the planets and then watching them to see how they exemplified what I saw in the charts. That was 15. And then I went on from there. So it, I started early. I took it on. I started doing charts professionally in my early 20s. Before that, I had done a human resource work, and which gives you a chance to know every chart in the business, <laughs> and did that on and off in those early years, using my astrology without necessarily owning it. And then I began to come, came out of the star closet. Interesting. It's it's so fascinating to me, and this this is in alignment with one of the questions I want to ask you later on that your mother did not own her power Mm-mm. and that that there was a, a, a passing on of of a skill that she that you could bring forward and live out for the lineage that gets in gets into i want to talk with you about your astrological work with the lineages of people mm-hmm. and we're but we're going to take a short break and we'll come back to that when we come back after our break wonderful Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. 
and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. So, I'll need you to unmute. Oh, you got it. Um, so, what? Um, so, the lineage, your work with, you worked in a family counseling establishment mm-hmm. and you worked through lineage issues. Re- expand on that for us, please. Oh, that was fascinating. Oh. I was the staff astrologer for a group of family therapists in uh, southern New England for about nine, ten years, and they oversaw my work. And, and they... What does that so mean? I had, um, I had them... I, w- I had my own business practice, but with their clients, they would supervise my work, give me feedback, mm-hmm. and bring me in when we had specific issues to work through. Mm-hmm. So I had their feedback educating me on the psychology and the layers. And they had the charts of people going back two, three, four generations. So we could see repeating family patterns. And we could see, I specialize also in uh, families that deal with adoption and with, um, what is it, misassigned parentage. You see someone who isn't the same repeating pattern, but they're the missing piece in a family. Interesting. So my brother was adopted in. I had a brother that was adopted out 10 years before I was born. Uh, my mate was adopted by an aunt and an uncle. So we've had close-up versions of this to watch how it happens. And my, for instance, my father is almost all water signs. I'm heavy on earth with some fire. My mother is air, air, and more air. And my brother is all fire. So he's sort of the missing, and one of his planets touches each point, each of our charts, exactly. And I see this often in adopted families or fostered families or the kids that come in or the kids that are trying to figure out where they belong in the family. And it's a gift to watch as the the repeated patterns, the same issues will come up. You can see uh, this person is dealing with the karmic lineage of that grandfather and that uncle and that mm-hmm. back. And how can they take that issue and live it well? Each planet, each sign, each aspect has a positive aspect, a practical aspect, and a real challenge. And it's always up to free will and grace, which part of it. You never, you're never trapped. You're never stuck. But if you can understand the pattern, you can choose to live out a more positive aspect. An example that's pretty clear 
is alcoholism and addictions. Mm. On a ne- on po- Neptune's positive side is spirituality, group experience, intuition, imagination. Practical uh, Neptune is water, liquid, oils, things that flow and don't have boundaries. Negative Neptune is illusion, delusion, escapism, addiction, drowning, poisoning. Often you'll find a family that's got a very strong spiritual lineage and that gets interrupted where they feel, you know, they're so hurt by events or they're so traumatized or there's a break in their ability to reach in or they're disillusioned by the old church and they haven't found a new one. And that craving for spirit gets so intense that they go into spirits and there is a need for alcohol or escapism in some form. Absolutely. And if you can use group experience, you know, the, the idea with group experience with, with AA, for instance, is you're sitting in a room soaking up the psychic environment of people who think they can do this and turn their life around. And so you use your intuition to absorb that and you use spirituality, whatever form you choose to help you direct that and to feel like you're a part of something. Yeah. And that's a positive use of Neptune versus the negative use. But you can see that pattern that runs in the family. Yeah. I have a a song called They Don't Call It Spirits for Nothing that talks about that very thing that, uh, you know, I poke fun at it. But the undercurrent is all about how we use spirits to have some sort of spiritual relationship uh, with the world at large and the universe, the cosmos. Wow, that's fascinating. So... You touched on um, also something that, um, and also that work, the the edge, the balancing of the light and the dark, that is the definition of the edge of every day, mm-hmm. that indeed. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I love about you is that your, your practical, straightforward and grounded insight that you share and it's a real approach. It's an antidote to this propensity that I find in the spiritual world, and I know that I've mentioned this to you in the past, this propensity to only focus on, and this is as a result of what you said about focusing on both the light and the dark, is that in this this preciousness in the spiritual community that is all about the light, the light, and this, this willful positivity, and as Jeff Brown calls it, this toxic Toxic. positivity. The toxic bypassing. Yeah, the unwillingness, the resistance to seeing some of the darker, more shadowy aspects of who we are, the parts of ourselves that we are ashamed of, or uh, the lineage is ashamed of, that does not want to deal with. Yeah, and and that, uh, you know, I, I lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico for quite a while, and I'd loved it dearly before I came to New York, just in time for 9-11. But in that time, you know, there, uh, you know, we used to say, why did the chicken, why did the Santa Fean cross the road? And the answer was because they were channeling the chicken, you know, that, that, that the idea that you could. They were down with, they were down with these guns. Channeling the chicken, that, that you, you know, that there was the lavender people were a bit much, you know, that I was considered a very grounded person there, which was, which was funny for an astrologer. And I still. Uh, but it was that, that, you know, I could see both sides of that. What happens if you really grounded in your environment? Because, you know, New Mexico offered mountains and earth and realness. Mm. But it also allowed, created situations where whole groups of the populace were in that lavender world and not dealing with the, with the grit. And that they're both sides of the same coin. And really? we cannot separate that out do you find that in your in your uh, your sessions your astrological sessions that that comes up a lot do do you find with your clients that there are there's a resistance to you know they want to just hear about the good stuff and there's a bit of resistance to some of what we might call the shadowy aspects of they don't tend to work with me (laughs) um yeah i can see that people people come to me when they've got a problem they're ready often. to get real. Not always, but they're saying something hurts on, and or something is uncertain or I'm trying to understand this relationship and there's grit in it. Yeah. Help me understand that grit so that we can live it another way. Yeah. And not saying 
anything is bad, but how can it be transformed? Right. And I also, I, what I do see is what, I, what really gets me in spiritual practice, and we know this as, as ministers, is when someone says, oh, that's why you have cancer. You have bad thoughts. Oh, dear Lord. And, you know, that, that, you know, what I see is they use this to distance themselves from their own anxiety around it. And they're trying to create, instead of, I have no idea why, the honesty is, we have no idea. This is not why. We're not talking causality. We can say, how can we use this experience for you to understand, to know yourself? Yes, How to know thyself and grow and transform right. this right. experience. We're not cause. We don't know how many lifetimes, what's going on in the universe, what's happened. But we can talk about how to use this moment and this experience, not why it happened, but how can we use it? And I'd see that that key piece is yeah. uh, how are you using Spiritual. Yes, and this goes very hand in hand with one uh, a question I have. This, and I love that you call yourself choice based astrologer, um, because you know, and I'm sure it has a lot to do with you know perceptions about astrology and how how to dispel them. And so, can you elaborate? Uh, you're basically saying that right now. You're, you're elaborating beautifully that choice based being. We have all of these that you lay out the choices. We always have choice how we use. We say that you can't tell the difference between a surgeon and a murderer's chart. It's how they choose to use that ability to cut. If you look at Albert Schweitzer's chart, he has one of the most difficult charts, but he was difficult. He used his difficulty in refusing to let people die of leprosy in Africa. You know, after yeah. he had challenged the Nazis and made Germany too hot for himself, he went and dealt with lepers. And it took on a real positive challenge. Positive, yeah. Right. So it's, again, how can you redirect that same energy and serve it well? Mm. There's an expression that I heard many years ago that fits in astrology, that your genius is found in your bad habits. <laughs> your bad <laughs> habits are found in your genius. <laughs> Perfect. And I think of my, my old part Pitbull who had jaws that could chew through anything that saved the family from bad guys twice. But she also ate shoes, cut through sleep, sleep, seat belts. That was her genius and her bad habit. You know, how many singers choked? How many, you know, lost we have to their voices. Watch, yes, indeed. We have to watch those places that are our, our nexus of gift. Mm. And Astrology can help you map that and what's the positive use of the very things that are getting you in trouble. If someone is bossy and tells everybody in their family what to do until no one can stand them, they have great executive ability, put them someplace where that is needed. And they can make the trains run on time. It's like, like, what do you, how do you find a positive use for, for that? And you have people own the fact that this is a gift of theirs and they have to use it carefully. And have to use it wisely and channel it into proper tracks and proper avenues. Well, you touched on something that I want to get into. We've got to go to a break, but I want to next touch on to how you came to New York City and how what quite literally exploded in your world when you arrived. Okay. When we come back. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, 
Planet Paco Lolo, a less taboo view. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Yes, let's get into that. How did you come to New York City? What was that? What brought you and and what exploded on the scene and what happened as a result? I was living in um, New Mexico, in Santa Fe, where I had come to take care of a friend, found she was dying and stayed for 12 years. Mm. Uh, It was wonderful, beautiful, powerful place to live. But it is a little bubble in the world. Bubblish, yeah. Beautiful, but it's a bubble. And I started having dreams that uh, I had met a wonderful partner and we were getting closer and thinking of getting married. And I started having dreams where the phone would ring and I would pick it up. It'd be in the middle of another dream. And it would the phone ring and I'd go, yes. And I'd hear this deep female voice saying, I'm sending you back to the front line. I'm sending you back to the front lines. <laughs> exactly. And it happened like over and over again, like once every month or so, for about six months. We married. Three Aww. days after the wedding, Ren was offered a job in New York City. Right. We got there August of, uh, you know, 2001, mm-hmm. three weeks before 9-11. I had Bam. gone back to New York back to New Mexico to help close up shop after we had moved here. And uh, boom, the whole world exploded and I could smell burning bodies for six months. Oh, yes. As we all could Mm. in New York. And that get, you got real, you know, suddenly who cared about astrology for the moment? And people, you know, they were dealing with edges. I had, I was in the middle of Pluto transits. I was not that surprised. I thought, okay, I'm going back to New York. That's the front lines. Well, you know, nothing compared to New York after an explosion. One of my oldest clients uh, who had been in New York, who had worked with for 10 years and was living there was an EMT and a uh, French translator. And she was down at uh, ground zero working as an EMT for it. And she'd had uh, a wild experience 10 years before that I had known her through where she had been walking in New York and seen bodies and ashes falling from the sky. I've been so traumatized by that, that she had to do, you know, PTSD training for, you know, an EMDR and all that for years. So when Bodies were falling out of the sky. She was down there right away uh, because um, that uh, she was ready for it. She saw those bodies yeah. falling out of the sky. She saw that. She had gone through the experience. And she could use all of her training to help everybody else who was dealing with the trauma of that. She was down there for the next uh, three months. Yeah. And she was translating for the French dog uh, search and rescue team that had come in 
and so as well as taking care of people down there. She was part of, they, they got one person alive out of the, the mess after it fell in. And she was the EMT, one of the two people stabilizing that person while they got them out. So every night, only thing I could do to help was to give her a place to tell her story. So every night she would call me and tell me about the body parts she found or what was going on or what had happened. And it gave me, a, you know, a chance to serve at a time when, but you, I, you need more tools for that. Yeah. And that's when I went, you know, I went to an interview with the new seminary and I heard Rabbi Roger describe uh, working down in the pit with his little chaplain hat on. And that, you know, a lot of the uh, first responders had had training on how to handle trauma, but the construction workers that were operating the forklifts, you know, the big, you know, the big cranes down there had not. And one day he was just down in the pit and he see the, you know, the lunch horn honked and a guy gets out of the crane and just bursts into crying. So he comes over and hands him Kleenex. And nods, and he sees the chaplain, and he talks to him, and he tells him what he saw, and he tells him what was going on. And Rabbi just kept handing him handkerchiefs and nodding, doesn't say a word, kept talking, and the guy kept talking. And finally, the 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 horn rang, and uh, he said, "I have to get back to work." And Rabbi nodded. Mm-hmm. And a week later. He saw the guy at the, you know, the church that we're using as a staging center. And the guy said, Rabbi, what you said last week helped me so much. <laughs> and he hadn't said a word. And he, but he had held space. Space. And he had Precious space. Mm. He held it with his heart. Mm. And I wanted to know that. I yeah. wanted to, to, to explore that and to deepen that and to deepen add it. that to my toolbox. As I'm an astrologer, I work with tarot, I work with palmistry, I've, you know, I've had ways in and all these, but there was that piece of really opening my heart and listening and creating that space mm-hmm. that uh, I got from seminary. Oh, beautiful. Now, now, did you, did you do any chaplain, any chaplain study I afterwards? Have, I, I did not. Um, I have always thought that might be something in my future too. Yeah. Uh, and it is, but I work as under spiritual counseling. I hear a lot of people and walk through them and I have walked several people and been, uh, acted as a death doula through several endings of people and their families endings. So I love, I feel that work is so powerful. Indeed. Oh, my Lord. And you, uh, you know, I was, I had my first experience. I was baptized by fire with my mother dying during my first year of seminary and her asking me Mm -hmm. to be the minister at her funeral. And she and I, she and I planning that together and then showing up to do that in person. And, And you and I remember how glorious you were with me, um, during that time and um you know because to have it was baptism by fire (laughs) well (laughs) what i often found is people would say oh i had to take some time out i said you didn't take time out when you say i'm signing up to be of service to spirit period right then all of a sudden hell may break loose all around you Uh, Yes, indeed. And that's part of your training. Mm -hmm. You know, only part of it comes in the actual program. The rest of it is you say, I'm going to show up, and Spirit says, Good, I need you here. You know, and that, that, um, you know, and and we also have to know when we can't do it, and we need to bring in the extra troops along with us. Uh, So it is, but I find that everybody has an story. Um, who is in any form of spiritual training, not just our seminary. But when they say, I'm going to do this, I offer to show up, then life trains them. Yeah, truly. So how, how, does your, um, how does your spiritual counseling, your interfaith uh, understandings and your spiritual counseling uh, complement your 
uh, astrological readings, your palmistry, all of that. How is that cohesively put together? Oh, they're all, give us an idea. All, like all of my divinatory tools, and I'm always inventing new ones, like I just did. Of but, course. Um, they're, they're just different ways of getting in, and I see them as scaffolding out of my own issues so that I can look into somebody else's with a heart mm. without getting caught in my own story. Yeah. Or getting less caught in my own story. We always have to watch that. But to kind of really sit with their story. So I don't, you know, some people just sit down and they read every possible detail in somebody's chart. And I find that most people don't hear it. So I ask them, what is it that you are here for? And I take that as the entrance point into the rest of the chart. And I let make sure that it's a dialogue rather than just me monologuing. So that I can really sit. You know, some people need a monologue, but they'll they just won't say anything. But most people need uh, a cauldron, need a place to work, do the work together, in, mm -hmm. and to look at their life and their issues from the perspective with that scaffolding of the chart, with the archetypes of the chart working through. Gorgeous. Which is what we do. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and I have I have said that all the work that I do, and I'm sure you can relate deeply to this. This is just another way of saying what you just said. It's all the same work. It's only packaged differently. Mm -hmm. It is. It's being present. Period. And each one has a, you know, the other piece we're talking about choice-based astrology before that I think that by looking at all the different ways a person can live out their chart, it helps them make better choices. It can, it can give them a map to work with, you know, it won't get them out of the jungle, but it gives them a map and gives them, you know, some, <laughs> guidance some, di some direction. Right. <laughs> and another piece I work with, I mentioned is palmistry, which is a little harder to hmm. do over Zoom, but I have people send me snapshots of their hands. And I've written a book, Everyday Palmistry, which you can get online or Kindle, um, for people that work not with palmistry, but they work with people their ministers or massage therapists or lawyers and you know their hands they can use the hands to kind of understand the people they work with at the next level down but hands don't they always show a movable future mm. the hand that you are um that you write with shows more change than the other hand but it tends to be this is what you know the passive hand is what you come in with the active hand is what you're doing with it and what you can do with it yeah. So you'll see changes in lines if you watch your hand over time. I've seen lines get diffuse and fuzzy when someone starts drinking too heavily. Or if they're not taking care of their health, you see the change. I've seen lifelines grow an inch and a half when people made a decision. Um, I've seen big changes in people's wow. hands in response to the decisions they make and the habits they change in their life that show that, you know, when we've got that direction, we build, you know, it's like conduit Momentum. energy in mm. our life. Mm -hmm. yeah. Truly. And, and that's been really fascinating to, to watch. So, and the name of the palmistry book again? Is Everyday Palmistry. By Excellent. Okay, so we are in need of a break. And for our last round, I really want to get into Star Codes and your brand new uh astro tarot deck glorious astro uh tarot deck and that is newly out and when we come back that's what we'll dive into wonderful hey everybody it's tommy d the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic each week here on talkradio.nyc i host a program philanthropy and focus Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc. 
for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never And we're back. So I'm going to start this last round with a Krishnamurti quote. One is never afraid of the unknown. One is afraid of the known coming to an end. So that's our ultimate edge, the fear of the fear of change, the fear of change, this understanding that we're not that thanks to COVID and thanks to our political landscape. We're not that anymore, but we're not yet that. So we're in this liminal space of not knowing. And as you know, we uh, all, those of you listening in, we are not comfy. We are little control freaks. We're not comfy with not knowing. And so, That's so, very I, true. Uh, so I want to talk to you about your, your new deck. I want to talk to you about star codes. How can we use these gorgeous tools after okay. you tell us all about them? to explore so, these edges in our political and life landscapes. If there, I do an article on medium.com and wemoon.com and on my Facebook page called Star Codes, which I've been doing for 30 years, yes. talking about, not about the astrology of, the, of your sign, but what's the astrological weather for the week ahead and how can you best use it? How can you roll with, with what's happening? Um, and I, you know, then I get to look back at the end of the week and see what happened and correct myself. <laughs> it's been really fascinating for 30 years. Oh, I'm so okay. sure. And so uh, recently I've done, I, I thought it's not really a tarot deck as much as an oracle deck, which means you pull one to three cards and read them. Mm. And I worked with a, a wonderful uh, for instance, this is Capricorn, and um, this is Pisces, and I have, this is the 10th house, which is the first card I pulled for you, which talks about the profession and where you're going and the, the time that we're climbing. And as you read in my little book, which talks about the gift, the challenge, and the practical aspect of each of these planets, each of these signs. There's 56 cards, and it's all the aspects, the astrological, you know, whether the sun is active or quiet, all of these different pieces. You Just by using the deck and the book, you learn the astrological terms, which you could then apply back to your natal chart if you ever want to learn astrology. Right. Or you can just pick a card. What I found is often very helpful when you're at a crossroads is to pick one or two cards for one path A and then one or two cards for path B. Mm, and then one feels like which one do I want to step towards? Now, we talked about that on not the end of knowing. We're at an unusual time, you know, and all of us astrologers looked at 2020 gone, oh, what's going to happen then? <laughs> and we thought invasion uh because, but it was in well, it's an invasion. It was just microbial. Saturn opposed Pluto. Uh, originally, you know, it happens. There are two cycles. Saturn takes twenty, um, almost thirty years to go around the zodiac. Pluto takes two hundred and forty years to go around the zodiac. So they catch up to each other every so often. They opposed each other right on America's ascendant and descendant when nine eleven happened. 
and we saw this breakdown. Pluto is, you know, death and rebirth. Saturn is structure. They conjunct for the first time in Capricorn, in Saturn's own sign, um, on in uh, just as COVID was happen- happening, you know, starting to happen, um, and uh, for the first time since Martin Luther challenged the Catholic Church back, and that's a breakdown of old structures. Structures. And so we hear we broke down Saturn when Pluto conjunct with Jupiter. And when Pluto and Jupiter, Jupiter's lots of, Pluto is death and rebirth, when they conjunct the three times that year within this this uh, Pluto-Saturn conjunction, those were the three peaks of the death toll here in America. Now, they're still cooking, and they're still challenging us to finish up and change this work. Saturn squared Uranus, which is change in business, well, we've been... This year, three times it's happened, and the last pass is between now and Christmas, where you, I said, just use a pencil in your calendar because you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Keep that eraser ready because everything <laughs> keeps changing. The clutch is in. We are in metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. And as much metamorphosis as a caterpillar is becoming a butterfly. We don't know where we're going, but we've had the oppor- we can use it as an opportunity to make this work better. Mm-hmm. Saturn uh, uh, conjunct Pluto in Capricorn brought out the dictators around the world. It's, um, it's the asking us what is the best use and what is the worst use of power. That's electrical power, political power, personal power. What in the face, Pluto always says, in the face of life and death, why are you here? And he wants you to have a good answer. So that Pluto, you know, he, he want, it's not a rhetorical question. It's not telling you, it's just like to have a reason to be alive. Mm. And that, that aspect, which was so intense for the last couple of years, you can feel it on the people that it got a little too close to. Um, I had COVID at, just as, it, as the COVID began. I was in New York, <sighs> they shut down. And it helped me kind of get back on track. You know, what's, what matters? Stick to what matters to you. So we see this in America's just the, the the globe is just coming out of these series of upheavals starting in right after the new year. And it began to kind of feel a rebirth of the new forms and the new structures. Now, as Pluto goes through um, a sign, it brings whatever that is focused on to the edge of uh, to the edge of life and death. And we saw it go through Scorpio as we had savings and loan and AIDS epidemic, transforming how we handle other people's resources, their body, their money. Um, Pluto went into Sagittarius, and we saw a transformation of politics, of spirituality. We saw it's with all the fight, the, the, the religious wars started to really heat up there for a while. But we also saw at the beginning of Pluto and Sagittarius, Sagittarius is about speaking the truth and seeing the world as a bigger place. It's about the natural world and our philosophical edge. So at the beginning of Pluto and Sagittarius, no one believed in climate change. At the end of it, almost everybody believed. Pluto then went into Capricorn just at the beginning of the Obama era. As the sun got very quiet, so everything slowed, sort of slowed down, but it was about how, let's look at how we use power. That's how we handle political power, and we have revolutions to make. And it kind of started to take off, and then the sun got quieter than it has for centuries, and it's just starting to get active again. We're starting to see sunspots, and the sun acts like the, the, the volume control. It doesn't... It, it just, when, when the sun is active, politics is active, people are looking for new answers. When the sun gets very quiet, it's a very artistically rich time, but it's hard to get political change moving. So that got a little quiet there for a while, even though there was so much promise and beginning at the beginning of that era. So now we see some new changes coming up. It started to get active and then we got, it got active in very difficult ways last winter as Pluto conjunct Saturn exactly during, you know, uh, January 6th and other exciting moments. 
in our pol- in our country's politics. America is going through its Pluto return. Pluto is mm. coming back to where it was when the American Revolution happened. It was exact right before uh, it w- it's about where it is was during the Boston Tea Party. And, you know, the, the kind of, again, what is a what's the right use of political power here in America? Yeah. It's asking us to come back to our vision statement. Absolutely. So that's kind of interesting. All those layers. So Fantastic. My with this is that you get to use the, the cards, which you can get anywhere. Amazon. They just came out through. Hey, excellent. Um, to without having to know astrology, you can get some of the benefits of the symbolism and the archetypes and use them and say, what medicine do I need now? I need a little extra sixth house about sustainability <laughs> or I need, you know, a little extra south node and finish working through my past and to kind of use it to help us understand what what we need, what medicine we need. Excellent. What will help us. So we can find, we can find those, that deck at Amazon and anywhere else. Bookshop.com, Barnes and Nobles, a couple of other places. Fantastic. And hopefully at your favorite bookstore. Indeed. Indeed. Better, better, better. Uh, And folks, we can, um, you can find Heather at also and star codes and heart codes at Roan, R-O-A-N Robbins, R-O-B-B-I-N-S dot com, all one word, Heather Roan Robbins dot com. Or you could just Google star codes and you'll find me eventually. Excellent. Well, we, we are at the end of our time together, Heather. And I can't thank you enough for joining me for this this birthing podcast. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your your sacred space and and your friend questions and uh, and your good friendship. And on that, we're going to close out with this edge quote. I want to stand as close to the edge as I can without going over. On the edge, you see all kinds of things you can't see from the center. Kurt Vonnegut. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Till next time, take good care. Bye. ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. 
trainings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 